podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there guys, happy Monday if there is such a thing. I'm Daniel Childs, welcome back to the show. It is Monday, added time, going to be answering your questions that you submitted via X at Son of Chelsea and also on my YouTube community page as ever. And also the final international break till spring of 2024. So that is something to be a little bit uh, optimistic about. We just hope that we can get to Newcastle without any more injuries given some of the horrendous pitch conditions I'm seeing for some of these internationals I mean I'm just praying but there is that for the rest of the week we're going to have content building up to that Newcastle game going to have a breakdown show tomorrow where we're going to be talking about Chelsea's recent performances in terms of the return of a certain Christopher Nkunku and where he fits in within this Chelsea team for Mauricio Pochettino when he does return which could be as early as Saturday and then hopefully, in terms of actually previewing the Newcastle game, going to have a good guest from a Newcastle point of view. And then I'll give you my team selector and thoughts ahead of that game on Saturday at St. James's Park. So if you like the sound of that as a Chelsea fan who wants to see more Chelsea content, please do hit that like button. Really helps to show out. It's free to do. And if you haven't already, which I also suggest it's free to do, hit that subscribe button, turn those notifications on and share the content around if you are listening on the podcast. Thank you as well for tuning in. But let's get into your questions. And I, I don't think there is a better place to start than, of course, the point deductions to Everton. We spoke about this last week in terms of Roman Abramovich, that story from The Guardian that was reported widely. And basically the aftermath of that Everton punishment from the Premier League and how will it impact both Manchester City and Chelsea in the future. There's a lot of baying for blood, especially from rival fans who want to see both Chelsea uh, Chelsea and Manchester City get relegated. Will they actually get relegated? So these are the two questions and then we'll get into my thoughts on the situation. Firstly, this is from draw or over two. Is this point deduction thing for real? And then top toes 93 asks, what's the likely outcome if Chelsea get punished over the current financial situation going on in your opinion? So it did feel very March 2022 on Friday evening when I was seeing headlines saying that Chelsea were going to be relegated. Funny enough, by the sort of people who are writing identical headlines in March of 2022. And we know what happened there. Chelsea didn't get relegated. We're actually fine as a club. Didn't cease um, into some black hole when we're never to be seen again, which... You know, I do think there are some maybe out there, and I'm not just saying rival fans. I think there are some people who would have preferred to see that happen in March of 2022, but that didn't happen. So are we heading down a similar doomsday route? And this is not a nice answer. This is not a simple answer. But the honest answer where I have, based on all the information I've taken in from reporters, from, you know, the way that Everton situation was handled by the Premier League, it's hard to know. And as David Ornstein, I think, brought up quite well on Friday actually when he was asked about Man City Chelsea which is a lot of what, what a lot of people want to know in terms of consistency he said you know it's all right to go down conspiracy theory routes in terms of why Chelsea and City may go off light compared to Everton but he did stress these are different cases and the idea that they are going to be punished in the same way or investigated in the same way or come to the same conclusion is probably not accurate so the idea that Chelsea would get the exact same punishment if they're found guilty as Everton might be uh, not accurate. You know, Chelsea may go down a route as we did with FIFA a couple of years ago where we get a transfer ban. I could see that happening if it's maybe related to a breach in FFP rather than a points deduction. There is a lot that goes into this just beyond Chelsea. I mean, we, you know, there is the independent regulator that was, was sort of um, pushed through and promoted after the Super League. I personally do vouch and, and think that 
an independent regulator in this game is absolutely needed. Whether that means Chelsea get more punishment or not, I think it is absolutely valid we have an independent regulator. And I do think some of this maybe is the Premier League trying to save its own skin and trying to prove that they can be a little bit vigilant over their, over their league. But there also is, as I alluded to last week, with all of this... I don't, I'm not sure who it was who said, you know, this is very much going to be the next decade of the Premier League. Legal battles, allegations. There is, I, I could see this opening up a can of worms that maybe some who are cheering on these potential charges right now won't be that happy in a few years' time because the football world is not so black and white is what I'll say. I think it is a grey world and that isn't to say that we don't have any rules and we just allow the Wild West and, and we allow a situation where anyone can do anything. But... You know, given the way certain ownership has been pushed through in recent years, you can go back to Roman Abramovich in 2003 coming into Chelsea. You can look at the Man City takeover. You can look at the Newcastle takeover, which was as recent as 2021. You know, there is a lot here that I, I think the Premier League is not exactly innocent in themselves. So this is going to play out, and I think, in a very complex way and probably... Um, I think a delayed way as well, as we've seen with Man City. I mean, 115 charges and there hasn't been much done since, basically. It, has, it feels like this is going to something that's going to be run. Is it, it feels like something that's going to run and run on and how that actually impacts Chelsea, whether it's a point deduction, uh, relegation, which is the most extreme. Actually, another point here, you know, I think a lot of people were saying Chelsea, Man City, as if Chelsea got fined and charged, um, basically accused of 115 breaches, basically, at the same time. That's that's not what has happened. So to try and claim, again, as David Ornstein pointed out, that both of these cases are identical is also just a little bit simplistic. Moving on, some other questions here. This is from Tristan. Given Chelsea men are spending huge amounts on both senior players and younger potential players, how do academy players see their way into the first team, given that there is also a path for them we did touch on this when i was speaking about conor gallagher's contract situation and the concerns over that please go and watch that show last week this is something that is gonna create a friction point and i think it already has we keep on recruiting players with the idea and i guess the intention of bringing them back when you are buying players of say the age of 16 17 and even if they are playing senior football elsewhere and maybe they aren't going to make their way to Chelsea um, in, in sort of the senior setup till several years down the line. You know, what does that mean for those of a similar age bracket at Cobham right now? Oh, it sounds very strong, but a bit of a disgrace, really, if, if they allow Cobham again to kind of fall back into the wilderness in terms of players actually making it into the first team. Because look at recent years, Mason Mount, Reese James. I'll still throw Tammy Abraham into that. Right now, who is Chelsea's best player? right now and the majority of I think fans have agreed who is that player it's Conor Gallagher another player produced through the Cobham system Trevor Chalabur is another one that's come through the system and I think we'll get a quite a good move in January when he does leave Chelsea so I just personally am of the belief that Cobham still needs to be valued properly it still needs to be treated seriously and it's not that there can't be talents brought in from elsewhere. I've always been of the belief if you are going to do that and spend money, they've got to be top calibre. Because then if you're spending money on players who actually aren't of that level, that you could have actually saved money and invested uh, and invested in you know young players coming through your academy to maybe fill some squad roles, like a Trevor Chalabra and Conor Gallagher have in recent years, or, or you have someone of the quality of Rhys James who is world-class level, I think that's worth it personally and um, I, I, 
I do think there is a there is a problem there. I mean, even some of the players we've bought over the past year, there's a question about a certain player who we 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 didn't. It hasn't even been at Chelsea a year, and he's already maybe fallen by the wayside because of how scattered some of it feels. So I absolutely understand the, the concern. Oli asks, "What's going to happen after M Hayes? What are your up to date expectations for our season? Top four, Europe, a cup or two? In terms of Emma Hayes, it's a very difficult question to answer." Because as we saw, the best reference point is Alex Ferguson, right? Created a dynasty at Manchester United. And it's very difficult to fill the vacuum of such a massive personality. Like this is not just a coach who's done well. This is someone who has led, spearheaded, very much created the environment that is Chelsea. And it's been so successful. The relationships, the the deep relationships he's had with those players, I think emotionally it's going to be very difficult for some of those players to move on. You know, some of those are still young players. Some of those are still developing. Like Lauren James is a wonderful talent, but she still has years to go, as well as others in that team, some of whom very much, you know, give Emma Hayes credit for maybe their careers and, and you know, give so much weight and, and gratitude to to their development as players on the club and also international stage because of playing for Chelsea. So who that figure is, is it's going to be a massive test in terms of recruiting someone. And I would like to think that investment isn't going to stop anytime soon. But, you know, just having the investment as the men's side knows very well doesn't automatically mean success it doesn't mean that you're just going to easily walk your way to another WSL title and I do think that Emma Hayes that there will be it sounds very dramatic and I'm just trying to think of a better word for it I mean hangover or just I I think grieving process of, of losing Emma Hayes at Chelsea because she has been so integral. I know that was a very long answer I mean in terms of my expectations I still think Chelsea can get European football this year and in terms of a cup, I think we should be t- targeting both, right? Because we don't have European football. So I think both should be on the table for Chelsea to try and go the distance in, in, in those competitions. Matt H3846 asks, is it time to move on from Chilwell? And do we need to go out and get a replacement? Seems like the team's evolved and he's been left behind. I'm not sure I, I, I agree with that. You know, the level of, of Ben Chilwell's performances, especially at the start of the season, I thought was still very high. And I felt that... You know, he would, if he stayed fit, I think he would have been first choice along with Reese James. There is absolutely a valid concern over his and Reese James' continued injury problems, right? If you can't have a player fit for the majority of the season, they become a problem and they, they can't be deemed, I say this about any player, you can't deem them a vital player. And Kukurea has taken the opportunity and it's wonderful to see because when you have a player like Chilwell go down, you want someone to step up. Mark Kukurea has stepped up to the shock of basically all of us. You hope that continues. But I don't think now that means that Ben Chilwell has no future at Chelsea and we just need to move on from him. I don't I don't see how Ben Chilwell's attributes, especially the way he's able to run behind his athleticism, I think his de- defensive quality we've seen over the years at Chelsea means that he's now irrelevant to the team he the the team has passed him by I think when he returns hopefully in the new year at this point he will quickly reclaim that 
that place. That's at least my opinion. I do accept coming from a biased point is that I like Ben Chilwell. He's one of my favourite players. But I, I, I think it's a little bit too extreme to say he's been left behind, in my opinion. And finally, uh, Kay Bringer here asks, what should we do with Madawake? It feels as if he's out with Poch and I don't see him getting minutes anytime soon. It's interesting you ask this question because I've seen some discourse online about it in terms of looking at some of his data from the back end of last season where Chelsea were obviously horrendous and he actually put up some good numbers and he hasn't had a consistent run in the team so far this season. He did have an injury that he needed to recover from. So... <laughs> My thing with Nani Manawake, I think he is a very talented player. I, I think the whether it's a coach thing, it could be. It could very well be a coach thing of preference or just the fact that you have players in form that have taken those roles very quickly. You know, you've got to take into consideration Raheem Sterling's form so far this season, Cole Palmer, how quickly he's integrated into life at Chelsea and become a valuable player. The fact we've moved more to a 4-3-3 or at least have a third central midfielder in Conor Gallagher. Conor Gallagher has to be in the Chelsea team week in, week out because he's that good and influential. So, you know, that takes away a potential spot for Anadi Manawake. And also, I just think it's the recruitment strategy of buying a lot of players in a quick period of time. And some of those potentially, you know, because it's so cluttered in a certain area of the pitch and Chelsea don't have as many games this season because of no European football, the opportunities for Nonny aren't as um, present and, you know, regular as they could have been last season. And I do think there is a very talented player within there. What I would say for people doubting Nani Manawake is if you were upset by the doubting of Mikhailo Mudrik because he didn't have a lot of football under his belt and, and you were like, until we see him in the first team regularly, we can't make a firm judgment. I think a similar logic has to be applied surely with Nani Manawake. Until we see him get a regular run in the team, if he's able to, then you make the firm judgment. I can't make a firm judgment on whether Noni Manawake is good enough for Chelsea. I think based on what I've seen, I think it's it's very promising. And I think whether he makes it at Chelsea or not, I do think he will make a very decent Premier League player somewhere. But at the moment, I you know, it's it's if the team keeps on playing well and now you've got Christopher and Kunku returning, and we hope this is this is the hope, maybe not if you're at Noni Manawake, if you're not a fringe player. If you are a fringe player, sorry, you, you kind of don't want there to be a full deck to play with in Chelsea, a winning week in, week out, because that's probably not good for your development. And maybe there will be an assessment mid-season if he's barely played. But then you always throw up those, you know, alternative um, timelines, basically, or just the idea, as we've seen with the players like Marco Correa, who suddenly find their way into the first team. So you can never rule them out, but Nani Manawake, I think he's very talented. And until we see him in the first team, will he get that run? We'll wait and see, but I, I could absolutely uh, grasp by some people concerned. Maybe some people already writing off, which I don't agree with. But then also for the player, why he may be looking at the situation already and going, am I going to get into this team? I think that's a fair concern. You can check out more content right now. Follow me across the socials at Son of Chelsea, and I'll see you again very soon. All the best. Sports Social Podcast Network.